Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvay, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 178. I am your host, Blaine Putney. I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. It's nice to see you out in the Atlantic provinces. Yeah, it's a little bit different, a different backdrop than what everyone's used to. Yeah, there's <laughs> no nice lawnmower to... in the background. That's right. No, it's uh, <laughs> nice to be home visiting family. For the first time in like, what, two years? Almost two years, yeah. 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 And it's great to, to plan a show together in the same the same time zone i know right and, and it came again it came together somehow yeah and the only person that got confused by the time zone was treg and obviously he's not here yeah <laughs> he's still playing <laughs> judge judy or whatever the hell he's doing so yeah i'll rise i'll rise i'll rise yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that that court martial still going on it's only been like three weeks wow must be a I mean, gutter yeah yeah, normally people just don't do those, and this yeah. is why. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? That's right. So it's just the two of us. Um, as we promised last week, we're going to talk a little bit about the Mayu situation and uh, some other stuff. But we're what we're going to do first is we're going to do some uh, Canadians news and notes. We're going to cover that off. So um, we'll just dive right into it. The first piece of news uh which came out what about 10 minutes after we released our last episode was uh Matsu Pedro signs with the Montreal Canadiens it's not a bad signing one year I think it's 50 I think it's a really good signing especially yeah. the fact that they lost to and Corey Perry which everyone was really convinced that he was going to be back um his uh his exit interview every 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 thought that I had after seeing that and most of the press as well they thought Perry was going to come back and he, he really talked about uh, living the Canadians experience and, and which he did by leaving. And, and yeah, <laughs> so he pulled a, 
pull the Radulov on us and uh, <laughs> yeah. jump ship, right? But um, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it seems that the uh, the second year was a little bit too enticing. And uh, to go to a team that just won back-to-back cups. Against him. Against him. Both times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I guess it was an offer he couldn't refuse. And, you know, good on him. Like, he played really well for the Canadians. And he provided some uh, some leadership. He's going to be... He's going to be missed, however. Uh, Pro's going to come in, and we we saw him put his jersey on for the first time the other day. The guy's from Drummondville, right? So um, he's, you know, 33 years old. He's going to be a depth forward, but he's a guy that's – when 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 we talk about depth forwards, we talk about guys that can play a third-slash-fourth-line role. He's one of the guys that, you know, that I really think of that actually can contribute in more than just – a checking role, you know, for, uh, for, uh, for him to put up, you know, 19 points last year with Winnipeg, where at times he was a scratch at times he was, this, at times he was that, you know, good on. And uh, I welcome Yeah, He played up and down their lineup. Yeah. And he looked, he looks very excited to be there. So another, and another Quebec foreign player for all those people that think that's important. They're, they added quite a few, and yeah. I think in this case, it's more of a replacement for Paul Byron. Byron yeah. underwent surgery on his hip, and he's going to be out for five to six months. So he's out until probably Christmas. So did they and, just mix up Price and Byron's medical files and send them off to Seattle? Well, maybe they did. Uh, I mean, it's <laughs> not like Seattle isn't easily confused. Just look what they did with the Grubauer contract that got rejected. <laughs> yeah. It's my first day. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> How embarrassing is that? You're, you're, it, the, you go out and you sign a free agent goaltender, and it's a it was a it's good a, deal. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think and, anybody and then saw you that. screw up. The, you screw up the contract. Yeah, yeah. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. I guess there was no analytics department on contracts. No, not yet. I have a feeling they'll fix that up. But oh, in the absolutely. meantime, you know. It, they wouldn't have had that problem had they picked, you know, someone like Price. Yeah. Who, by the way, his uh, his wife, Angela Price, came out with a letter uh, kind of detailing some of the ins and outs of what was going on during that time. And uh, she made it clear that this was this was all a plot by by Price and Bergevin to uh, to protect Allen. But then when the news was starting to come out, she was starting to get a little worried there because they did not want to leave Montreal. Yeah, but you know what? It still scared the hell out of a lot of fans because, you know, they had their, yeah. uh, posted pictures from their home in BC, which is close to Seattle, et cetera. And we were all like, what's well, this cryptic shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> could have been worse. They could have been visiting her family in Washington State. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> which would have been funnier. You know, if you're into watching the world burn, that would have been the perfect way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so... Perot signs, he's depth, he covers off Byron. Um, another forward who signed uh, was the uh, was RFA, Arturi Lekanen, signs a $2.3 million contract for one year, uh, which still keeps a season of RFA. So he's still an RFA at the end of this uh, this contract. So the, the team holds his rights. He's arbitration eligible, obviously, but I, I think having team control for one more year Re, is really the reason why it's a one-year deal. Yeah. This is a guy that struggled mightily last year. Until the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And he, then he, and he gets to the playoffs and he scores some pretty big goals. Right. So yeah. Um, he took a hundred thousand less to, to resign. Um, hopefully he, uh, can, uh, kind of go back to Lekin and of old. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, be a guy that can at least contribute 15 to 20 goals and, uh, play up and down the lineup as needed. But last year, like he struggled, he struggled and he knows he struggled. He's really going to be needed uh, when with the Canadians having the lack of experience at center that they have, they're really going to have to rely on him uh, to play a defensive role along the yeah, wing. Any so, of their defensive wingers like him, yeah. uh, him, Armia, et cetera. Right. And um, I, I, you know, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago, the amount of wingers that they have now, and especially they brought in Hoffman um, and now they bring in Perot. Perot, yes, he can play center, but he hasn't played center in forever. He's he's he is a winger. He's more of a winger than he's a center. He even and, said uh, it in his interview that uh, yeah. he he doesn't play center because his back and he's got back issues. And then you got Drouin, who's likely to be back. Another guy that's going to be pushed on a wing spot. Yeah. So I said we got a whole lot of wingers, and who's going to get them the puck? And you can't just rely on. I I, I really think they're going to end up pushing. Well, the way it looks right now, it looks like they're pushing. Uh, Evans into a third line spot, Kakaniemi into a second line spot. I think we all knew Suzuki was going to be the number one. Well, yeah. I mean, the guy is already in the number one. He was playing almost 19 minutes a game. He, he's playing the penalty kill power play. <clears throat> um, you know, he's putting up the points. He's got the matchups, but it's it's that defensive specialist role that Deno filled. That's the big gap. That's right. And do they do they trust Evans enough to fill that? Do they hope that it could be split between him and Pocket or or Paling or whoever else plays that fourth line role? Because yeah. I don't see them relying on Kotkaniemi to play that no. role. No, I don't think so either. He's just he's too inconsistent. He's too inconsistent to do that and uh, to play that role. He's you know he's he's got to bulk up a little bit as well. Like he uh, he's got to bulk up and he's still got to work on his skating. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. Like he shows he shows flashes and he's a very yeah. good he's a very good young forward. He's still learning his game. He's still learning um, a lot of different aspects of the game. But we know that uh, we know that he has it in him. And obviously they wouldn't have picked him if uh, they never saw if they they never thought that. Now in his case, I see him getting a couple extra minutes per game. And he, on he, average, he likely will. He likely will, but not in a defensive role. I don't see them putting him up on penalty kill. I don't see them using him in defensive faceoffs. They're going to try and shelter him and give him more offensive zone faceoffs. They'll probably power get play more time. power play time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they only got really say two offensive centers right now. Him being him and yeah and Suzuki, right? Yeah. And they've got enough offensive weapons on the wings that they can take advantage. So, yeah. again, <clears throat> I point to this lack of uh, defensive depth at center. I don't think that they're going to start the season with the current center line. I don't that think they have. so either. I don't think so either. There's either going to be a trade made for one of these wingers, or like like who knows? Like there yeah. there's there's guys out there that a lot of people have been talking about. Um, uh, Dvorak being one. I can't uh, I know... see that happening just because he is now uh, Arizona's number one center. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's talks of uh, trying to get Domi back. There's, there's talks uh, about, uh, there's talks. But he's about... out. He's out until Christmas as well. Yeah, that's right. And there's talks about um, 
there was there was you know some ramblings that uh, about Krejci, but he's already said he's going to go back and play in the Czech Republic. Yep. There's all the Jack Eichel talk, obviously, and that just seems to be going nowhere. <laughs> and, and I'm not talking about with the Canadians. I'm just talking about in general. Like, it just yep. really seems that um, the two sides are barely talking and they're getting frustrated at each other and their statements being made. And, you know, you, you know, I kind of feel bad, I feel bad for the guy really. Now with, on Jack Eichel, um, Friedman's 31 thoughts podcast had the neurosurgeon who would be performing the disc replacement surgery on the show. And he walked through all of the, uh, the ins and outs. Um, I, I spoke before that came out, I was actually talking to two neurosurgeons here in Halifax specifically about this, both spinal, uh, they, they specialize in the spinal surgeries, including disc replacement. Uh, I do have connections in that neurosurgical realm. My, uh, my spouse runs the department. So I'm able to go and talk to these people just out of the blue. And, um, what what that doctor was saying on the 31 thoughts podcast uh, jives with what I was told by two neurosurgeons who are also one of the, some of the leaders in the world in these types of surgeries. And I can understand why Eichel doesn't want to have a fusion surgery at 23 years old. I mean, you're looking at, uh, needing another surgery within 10 years just to fix the issue again. Whereas this disc replacement, the chances are much, much better for a longer term. And as someone who's had multiple parts of his body replaced in surgeries, um, I can, I can attest to the pain and the arthritis and all of the, um, the issues that come up as you get a little bit older. Cause I've had, I had mine, my first knee replacements were done uh, at the age of 24. So almost the exact same age. And I've had to had them redone and they're in constant pain. So I can understand why he would want to go the other route. Cause he said that he'd like to have the surgery, but I guess the doctors in Buffalo or yeah. represent Buffalo, they're not, uh, they're not comfortable doing it because he said it's a procedure that hasn't been, performed on an NHL player before and, and so this is the part this is the part of the cba less, that i don't like yeah, so they're more or less preferring the approach of rest and rehabilitation as opposed to going in with a knife right yeah or, or they're also pushing the the fusion yeah so i can uh, that's the part of the cba i don't like where a person can't decide the procedure they want to take for their own health I mean, come on. Yeah. But, you, but, you, but you're looking right now at the, at, at, the, at the Sabres, and we kind of talked about this on our last show. So the Sabres were 15-34-7 last season. Last in the league, of course, and then they had that 18-game stretch where they didn't win a game. They haven't made the playoffs since the 2010-2011 season, and that was five years before Eichel even showed up. Yeah. So we can say he hasn't been the problem. He hasn't been the solution because they still haven't really been able to um, develop a team and really put put the players to put the pieces together to uh, to to make them succeed. But um, you you look at other forwards that have uh, expressed their disappointment with this team, being Sam Reinhart, who's just traded to Florida, and you got Rasmus Ristolainen, who's just traded to the Flyers. 
ask, you know, those are, those are, uh, that's a top four, four, there's a top four defenseman and that's a top six forward. And now you're Both former top five, top 10 picks. Yeah. And now you're, now you're at the risk, which is likely going to happen. You're going to lose a second overall pick. And uh, honestly, you just, you're, I'm, you're, I'm going to say you wasted his best years because he still has plenty of hockey left in him. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, you wasted the first few years of his career um and 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 i said like i just i want to see this guy go and i want to see what he can really do with players around him yeah and the uh, in in, in a well-coached in a well-coached organization with a with a solid gm and it's not a revolving door yeah and and the sabers have decided that they're going to go full tank mode as well oh 100 percent. yeah it's a sam right it's a sam right draft so they're going full in on the tank yeah so of course he wants out. Of course he wants to get healthy ASAP and be uh, be with whatever team picks him up right away. But the longer this drags on, the lower his uh, his dra- his what's, value what's is. What's the new rule? What's the new rule for for the draft? You can't win it twice in a span of five years or four, something like that. I think you you're, can't I win think the you're allowed twice in up. five or something, and, yeah. and no more. You can't. Well, you can't win the draft lottery. Uh, yeah, that's twice. what I meant. Yeah. 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 Um, so if they, if they're already dead last and chances are they can hold on to it, I don't know. I think that's, that's where they're at anyway. Uh, moving on from that, uh, Matt has frozen up on me. So... We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we will get back to talking about the Canadian centers, so stick around. Hey, what's that over there? I don't know, man. It looks like a... it looks like a jockstrap. What's a jockstrap doing up in the concourse? I don't know. Let me check. It it says C. Lindgren on it. Weird. Man. Are you always getting digged out and losing your gear? If so, you should download the new app, GearFinder.com. We'll put microchips in all your gear, so when that guy digs you out on a simple play, you'll find your gear later, and not some dudes in the crowd. Hey man, I should take this home to my wife. She might like it. Maybe she can find your gear too. Well, we'll download the app and we can help charlie lindgren out yeah help me yeah throw it over guys gearfinder.com for all your lost gear needs have you ever needed a fragrance that matches your every social media post well if you're on twitter after dark and feel a little angry you can wear fire perky this fragrance is available on every social media site. Fire Perky. On every message board. Fire Perky. So when you need to smell like your social media accounts take a bath in. Fire Perky. You'll need no other fragrance. And a welcome back. Matt Smith has uh, rejoined us. Uh, apparently Wi-Fi in... New Brunswick is not very great. It happens. 
It happens. <laughs> I'm, out, uh, all right. I'm out in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just said New Brunswick. It's the same thing. Yeah, there right? you go. Yeah. <laughs> the drive through province. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we'll just go back into what we were talking about. And, that, and it's Kotkaniemi now. We're going to stick with the centers. Uh, Kotkaniemi is the, uh, the last one on the NHL roster to be an RFA that needs to be signed. Uh, we talked a little bit about him last week and or in the last episode. I said that they would split the five million between him and Lekkonen, and I'm still I'm gonna stick to that. So do you think he is going to get a bridge deal or a longer term deal? He's gonna go for a bridge. And do you feel it's that gonna... that's more his choice or the team? No, it's still hundred percent the team. But the thing is, like right now, he just he hasn't proven enough to sign a long term deal, and and you're not gonna you're like right now. I wouldn't pay him any more than say two and a half, two point seven five. I I can see I can see something happen in the realm of signing him to like a two year, six million dollar deal or something, where he gets two and a half one year and three and a half the next or something like that. Yeah. But um, other other than that, like I. I just don't see him signing any more than than that bridge. Now, he's, I mean, he's shown flashes, as I said. He, yeah. I said that early on. He's shown flashes. It's just that uh, he hasn't proved himself as a uh, as a top six center, and he can't be relied upon as a defensive specialist third line center. True, and, but, and, but this is a good thing. With the amount of wingers they have now, we've brought this up before. With the amount that they have, there's a very good chance that they're going to bring, they're going to be able to find somebody that's going to be paired with them that he's going to be able to dish the puck to that's going to put in the net. Yes. So he will have better wingers to play with, regardless of second, third line role, whatever the hell they give him. Yep. Um, but on the contract, uh, I think, I don't think a bridge hurts either side. No, it doesn't. I, I, I I can I understand if the team wants to go bridge so they can see uh, you know kind of judge where he's at next year or the year after, but from Kotkaniemi's point of view, even if the team showed up and said we're going to give you five years of four million per, I wouldn't do it because you you feel like you're going to be lowballed over those last few years. Yeah. So bet on yourself, take the bridge, and then at the end of the bridge deal, yeah, the team still has uh, control as you're still an RFA but you'll get a better deal. Like uh, next year, Suzuki's deal, if he plays well this year, if he puts up a 60-point season this year, he's going to probably end up not getting a bridge deal and getting signed long-term at like $7 million. He'll make it, yeah. It'll be something yeah. long. It'll be something on the long term. So I, for him, it, going long-term would work. But for Kotkaniemi, I don't see long-term working for him on the end of the, this entry-level deal. He'll definitely have better wingers to play with. Yeah. Regardless of if they switch him around like they normally do. So it, it should improve his chances. And like you said, if he becomes more consistent, it would definitely improve his chances. 100%. Um, all right. So what it definitely, would you, it definitely what would didn't you, hurt with him missing games during the playoffs in favor of other players as well. 
Yeah, I, I wasn't really 100% on why they sat him in the final. He was still playing better than most of the players. Yeah. So is that a message to him? Or because hopefully uses it as uh, hopefully uses it just to come back stronger, yeah. right? Yeah. Be a bit, be a better player. So do you figure he's going to get what about two point eight? You figure somewhere between two two. He's not going to be over three. Yeah, I think no. he's going to be two two point two point five to two point seven five. Yeah, that's that's the range I would give him as well. I'd go as high as two point eight to to three. Yeah, at the most, at the most, and nothing more than two years. Okay, now to the difficult. We did promise in the last episode that we were going to cover some of the Logan Mayu stuff. Now, Jeff Molson put out his, his letter in regards to the Logan Mayu pick. And I want to reiterate that Logan Mayu committed a crime. It was not a mistake. It was a crime, a crime he was convicted of in Sweden. And one that the uh, the victim has still, she doesn't feel that she has gotten the apology that she had wanted. Uh, to, the sincerity level wasn't there, in her opinion. And in Sweden, restorative justice is the norm for these types of things. Uh, so, in, yeah. So, I, I think that would be the first step, would be to finally appease i guess is the word we could use appease or please the victim in a, a heartfelt sincere apology i think that would be step 1 um the uh, the letter itself let's see the letter itself Matt froze. Okay. So we'll just talk a little bit about the letter while Matt returns to the show. Uh, Our selection of Logan, and this is Jeff Molson's letter. I'm quoting from the letter. Our selection of Logan was never intended to be disrespectful towards her or her family. um, Or more generally towards women or other victims of similar situations. Our decision was not intended in any shape or form to be an endorsement of the culture of violence against women. Logan is a young man who committed a serious transgression. Uh, He is genuinely remorseful about the pain he caused. And he is committed to becoming a better person. And we will work with him through this process. So that process... What is that process? It has not been laid out before this letter. Um, so it, I, th- I feel it's important that they, they lay it out in the letter. And Jeff Molson goes on to say, step one, over the course of the next few months, they will develop in conjunction with local experts, a comprehensive plan to raise awareness and educate young men and women about this serious issue. Great. Um, they're using it as a learning tool for others, but still not really doing much to provide the victim some kind of help. Two, we will support and oversee Logan's commitment to becoming a better person. 
wonderful. I mean, what do you do for that? How do you do that? Three, we have asked Logan not to participate in our rookie or main training camp this fall. Being a player in the NHL is a privilege that is earned, not a right that is granted. As the year progresses, we will reassess Logan's readiness to be part of our organization. Um, I see this as kind of a, an avoidance. Maybe it's best for him to stay away. Sure. But it's also best for the team if he does. So, yeah. I can see why they want him to stay away. Uh, we gave Logan a second chance, but in doing so, we failed to properly assess the impact of our decision on the victim and on anyone who have suffered similar circumstances. Once again, I want to apologize to everyone impacted by our decision. I repeat, our actions will speak louder than our words. We will work to continue provo- uh, providing we are an organization or to continue proving we are an organization this community and our fans can be proud of. Lastly, I want to thank everyone uh, who provided their feedback on this situation, including our partners and sponsors, so that this mistake becomes an opportunity to grow and raise awareness. So basically, this letter said all the right things without saying much. It really, it didn't, it it doesn't lay out the, the plan of action. It doesn't lay out uh, what they're doing with Logan Mayu to improve him or to satisfy the victim in this. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence on what they're going to do. Um I mean, the, the kid was 17 when he did this, but it's still a crime. And what he did was wrong. And I understand the whole second chances thing. I understand the anger. But I'm looking at what the team is doing, and I'm trying to understand what their plan is. And so far, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the plan is. And it would be nice if they laid out what the plan was to be. Uh, Matt Smith is rejoining us. The internet has returned to New Brunswick. Um, He's still loading. But I want to return to the letter and talk a little bit about, uh, there he is. Welcome back, Matt. I just walked through, I just walked through the, uh, the letter itself. I saved the last part because I want to get your take on this last piece. So he, at the end of his letter, he thanked everyone for providing feedback on the situation. And he writes, including our partners and sponsors. We saw all the news about uh, uh, St. Dubaid and a couple other companies rethinking their association with the Montreal Canadiens, what they're advertising but not really taking a stand. Yeah. They said it and a couple other, a couple other organizations said the yeah. same thing. And Jean Coutu. And... Yeah, we haven't seen, we haven't seen any movement. We haven't seen anything. I think they, I think they, like, I don't know. I think it was more or less a, a PR thing. They were like, yes. Oh, we're, uh, we're, 
we're tough on this and we don't want to be a part of this. Well, talk is cheap. They haven't done, they haven't done anything. Right. So and I think they looked at it as a, for a financial, for financial reasons. And they said, if we lose the Canadians as a, as a, uh, as a client, then we're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. So I agree. Talk is cheap. This letter, it lays, it doesn't really lay out a lot of what they're going to do to help. No. And it's not going to be something that's going to be done overnight. No, no, no. So the actions will speak louder than words. And they mentioned that several times in the following press conferences, but you, you apply that to these partners and sponsors who came out and were just clutching pearls about what had happened and how they made their pick. But then a couple of days later, come out and say, wow, we've, re- we've thought about it. And yeah, we're going to stay with the Canadians. So basically it was a, a cynical ploy in my view to use this as PR, like you mentioned. Yeah. I, I, either you're upset and you're leaving or you're just doing that to get attention because. Yeah. And it worked. It worked. They got their attention. But again, I, I felt it's cynical. If you're really that upset, leave. Yeah. Break your contract and pay the fine in yeah. the contract. Yeah. I mean, want to, do you want to quickly touch on Batman? Yes. You, okay. you lead the way on Batman. I've been talking okay. a lot. So, uh, so Gary Bettman, uh, came out and he was on uh, the power play with, uh, Steve Coulier or whatever the hell his name is. Um, and he said that, uh, he was stunned. He's definitely stunned. He was, yeah, we know that, but he was <laughs> stunned and he says, uh, surprise wouldn't begin to explain my reaction. I'm a dad of two daughters. I have four granddaughters. What was done was horrific. That's what he talked about when it comes to the pick of Logan Mayo and I'm not going to stand here and, and, and say that I'm going to defend the pick whatsoever. However, this is the commissioner of the NHL. And yes, there was talks of the player and he said, um, I don't, I haven't demonstrated strong enough maturity or character to earn that privilege to be drafted and was asked, don't draft me. We've already brought this up in the last show. We already know that teams had him on their list, and he was likely going to go after the first round. Probably right right after. More than likely, okay? Just so happens the Canadians used their pick. They selected Mayo. If Gary Bettman didn't want this guy to be drafted, he's the NHL commissioner. He could have made that happen. Yeah. I mean, they could have easily have done something to uh, renounce his draft status for the year. I know there's nothing yeah. in the CBA, but they could have had a they could have had an emergency meeting. They could exactly. have figured something out. Exactly. Uh, and honestly, this whole situation, whether it was the Canadians who picked them or not, would still be happening. It just so happens it's the Canadians who did this, and. I can understand why people are upset. Yeah. Because they look at the Canadians and they're like, well, this pick doesn't reflect my values. Yeah. I get it. So, so for instance, like on, on Batman, he said, uh, he said he acknowledged the, um, 
you know, we acknowledge the statement that, that, that you brought up about, uh, with, uh, with Molson. And he said, everyone's focusing on the player. He said he didn't want to be drafted. The Canadians drafted him anyway. There's no mechanism not to be drafted. Well, there isn't right now, but it's not within the player's control in any circumstance to decide, decide when he wants to be drafted. I don't think anybody should lose sight of the impact of what, of what happened on the victim and the victim's family. Completely agree. Yeah. While Molson said the Canadians and Logan are trying to are are going to try and make good, we're going to have to see what that means moving forward in all contexts. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. He also added they're going to continue to see how this involve, evolves, how he progresses, and at the appropriate time we may be called on if if and when they want him to play and he wants to play. Yeah, so, so they so, so it really seems that uh, Batman's going to have his hand kind of on the shoulder of the Canadians organization when they find or you know they possibly they start talking about a contract for this kid if he deserves it or if he if he if he uh, if he gets to that point or involving him in a in some sort of camp. We already know that he's not going to be at the main training camp. You already know he's not going to be at the rookie camp. No. But this is going to be something that as it evolves this is something that's probably going to be brought up next year. Absolutely. Next year, this kid is going to be going to the rookie camp, to the development camp, the main camp. He is going. Uh, my expectation is he's probably going to get offered a contract next year. They're going to let this, let the heat subside a little bit. They're going to do some PR work and kind of make it more palatable to have him signed. I think that's the goal here. I, I know it's cynical, but that's it's still business and yep. he's still a player they picked. I fully expect that, but this, uh, we may be at the appropriate time. We may be called on if, and when they want him to play and he wants to play to me, that's very, uh, that's a cryptic way of saying, well, maybe we won't let him sign a contract. Yeah. But like, there's people out there saying, Oh, well take the pick away from the Canadians. Take this, take this, take this or renounce uh, the pick, renounce the pick, etc. And, uh, some people say that that's 100% fair. Some people are saying that it isn't because as, as, as I said earlier, the player was draft eligible. They use, yeah. they use their pick to draft them. So what happens if they renounce it? They just lose the pick. Yep. I think there you go. A lot of people if, aren't going to say that's fair. And I'm not, I said, I'm not defending, not defending the pick whatsoever. Nope. Right. I'm, I'm looking at this more as a organizational thing. If they took that pick away, they just threw away a first round pick, and which they if, could, which they could have with this pick anyway. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen with this guy. But if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't sign, he chooses not to sign, and he goes back in the draft in two years, the Canadians get a, compens- a compensation pick, so they get a second round pick in compensation. So they're not going to renounce the pick; they'll just make a, a a lame attempt at offering him a contract and then get a, comp- a compensation pick. Or if the league decides he cannot be signed, the Canadians could argue that they should get another first-round pick. So business-wise, they're not going to renounce the pick. No. Makes no sense. Also, why is the league stepping in and saying they're not going to allow this player to sign a contract this is a guy who hasn't done uh, – what he did was a crime, and it was wrong. But 
you cannot point to this 17, 18 year old kid who did this and say, well, that's crossing the line. Meanwhile, you have players like Tony D'Angelo getting contract after contract after contract. So what is it? Where's the line? Why is it on this kid and not on a, 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 a racist hockey player? Because they've already, has, they've already, they are, I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying this and I'm not saying this to be an asshole. Okay. But the NHL has already, already played that card. They've already, like we saw in the playoffs yeah. during the bubble, every game, it was black lives matter. It was this, it was this, it was this. I'm not going to say it's like I said, I'm not saying this in a bad way. However, since this happened, since since all the stuff happened with Black Lives Matter and everything like that, have you heard a single thing from the NHL? No, no, it was a it's a cynical PR thing that they've done, right? And and I said I'm not I don't mean this in a negative way whatsoever, but this just seems like this is the next thing that they can. Uh, this yeah. is the next. This is the next issue that they can address, or look like is, they're addressing. It, 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 or, or yeah, or look like they're addressing. Obviously, it was a you know uh, everything that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, the people that have been killed and everything. Of course, it's a tragic thing. Yes. The NHL did a pretty good job when they when they were when they were highlighting this, and you know money to different programs and everything like that. But since that happened, it's kind of went away. It's no longer the uh, the main focus in the news, so it's yeah. no longer the main focus of their PR. That's right. And I said, not, <laughs> dang, not downgrading anything whatsoever. I'm just saying they. I, I think they. I think they. Uh, they're targeting this Mayu incident on the fact that this is something else that they can target. Yeah, I think it's just more of the same cynical. Yeah. And, and as uh, I said, PR. As I said, don't mean anything bad by this. I'm just pointing it out. And I said what he did, hundred percent. It was not. Yep. It was not. It was not a bad choice. It was he committed a crime. Absolutely. Right. He committed a crime. If he does play in the NHL, he he had better deserve it. And if he doesn't, it is what it is. Right. They they can they like I will still be a fan of this team if Logan May is not a part of it. There. Yeah. And there is no. There's no rules on how to be a fan. And if as a fan, you're disappointed in that pick, that is your right. It's a, it, if you're not, that's your right as well. This is, this kind of points to the whole culture change. Every generation there's, you know, it reaches an age where they begin to look at the next, at the, at the generation following behind them. And they start to dislike that generation. They're like, Oh, back when I was that age, blah, blah, blah. Change happens at a much faster pace today than it did in the past. I mean, you look at in the 60s, 1960s, uh, the generate, the the over 40 generation, the ones that had, you know, most of the money, the businesses, blah, blah, blah. Didn't like the younger generation, the hippies, because they wanted change. Well, after that generation took control at that age group, the change followed them, some of it at least. And then they became the old duffers who didn't like the younger generation. And then that generation, and then that now it's now it's our turn. 
it's just it's now it's about oh they're too woke well woke hippie i see it all as the same once you reach a certain age you start to push back against the change because you want everything to be the way it was when you were younger but you can't have that and that culture change is coming to the to society in general and that's going to include the nhl so the nhl right now is kind of pushing back and they're playing they're playing it cynically because they are a business and they're not really doing anything to change they're making it look like they're accepting it but they're not doing anything about it no oh yeah no yeah no. and what they're and all they're doing right now is they're going to they're going to point the finger at the canadians organization and say okay show us what you got you lead the way yeah and if they don't they're they're going to just it's going to be more pr shit it's going to be or, like what what like what like and it's not going to be pr from the league it's going to be negative press to the canadians saying they didn't do this they didn't do this and then they'll start talking about mayo even more yeah so if the canadians don't play this exactly right the league will throw them under the bus absolutely and be done with it yeah this that's that's the way this game is going to get played yeah but like go, by the way going back to d'angelo like this yeah. is a guy that was thrown out of the league not thrown out of the league, throw, like thrown off his team, uh, was bought out, and now signs with Carolina, and he's given a second chance, and no one's really batting a lash about it. Second chance? He, he's lost. No, 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 he's he, was, th- he was a piece of shit when he was in Sarnia. And in Windsor, and I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. Arizona, New York, right. everywhere he's gone. He is, he is screwed up. He's on his, like, seventh chance. Yeah. So I don't feel like this is a D'Angelo is a good representation of a comparison to Logan no, Mayu. No, 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 no. It's two different things. It's two different yes. things. They, they're both, they're both, uh, their characters are, 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 can be questioned 100%. Yes. But two completely different things. Now, did Logan Mayu learn a lesson and has he grown as a human being? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Whereas D'Angelo, we know the answer. Yeah. He was a piece of shit at a young age and he's a piece of shit now. He hasn't changed. Yeah. So he just has millions of dollars now. Yep. Now, and I think the only reason Carolina, he's playing in Carolina now is they lost Dougie Hamilton and he's a cheap replacement. Yeah. They're hurting for money. Oh, we'll get, uh, we'll get a Dougie a Hamilton replacement at a million dollars instead of nine. Yeah. <laughs> you talk, we're talking cynical methods and that is the most cynical method right there yeah at least everyone else is trying to give lip service (laughs) to actual change whereas carolina just threw it away and that's their right as as an organization they can do what they want but if you're a canadians fan and you're pointing at second chances and you're like well what about d'angelo he's not a comparison same thing as the people and we brought this up in the last show about people talking about when Matthews dropped his dropped his short or dropped his pants and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, you know, obviously a thing you're not gonna do. And it probably cost him the captaincy of the Leafs. Yes. But not a comparison. Had he done that before he was drafted, would there have been that much of an uproar? I don't know. Because he was going to be, was he was going to be the, you know, the number one overall, the number one overall pick from Arizona, from this, from that. I don't think it would have been as bad. 
No. And and, and this was, you know, this is obviously going back. This was what, the 2016 draft? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the the pants drop thing was yeah, two 2016. Years ago. 2016 draft. Yeah. Yeah. The pants drop thing happened a couple of years ago. So yeah. you're looking at like five years ago, the draft. He's supposed to go first overall. You know, he is the guy. I think there would have been some some talk. I still think the Leafs would have picked him. Absolutely. And I still think he would have went number one. Would they have had to release statements saying, oh, we're so upset about what he has done. We're going to have to learn about I doubt it. how to be better. No, I doubt it. They probably would have just been like, eh. they would probably would have been a question that would have came up in a scrum and they would have been like, yeah, we know we'll deal with it. I can almost, I would put we'll give money. him a belt. Yeah. yeah. I, would have been I, I would put money on the phrase boys would be boys being oh, used God. at yeah, some point in likely. that press conference. More than likely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what 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 Matthews did borders on criminal, but nothing came of it. What Mayu did is criminal, yep. and he was convicted. Right. So that's what we have to work with. The, the The situation is, you know, it, it sucks, and even and people need to be careful on what positions they take especially considering certain pasts. So um, George LaRock came out and decried how, okay, I'm going to read what he said. Um, and, and I don't disagree with his comments because he calls it, uh, he calls the, the letter that came out a manipulation strategy. It's PR, PR's manipulation. I can't argue that. Right now it's all and, PR until action, yeah. until action actually happens. And we see, and we see it, and we know that the victim's been taken care of. We know, uh, we know, we know all that has been taken care of. Yeah, it's it's talk. That's all it is. It's a statement to to silence people. A lot of people were pissed off that uh, uh, Molson didn't talk right away, and then they were pissed off as soon as he released a statement. So, yeah, exactly. And and, and um, you know, Larock mentions the strategy: Darvo, deny, attack reverse victim and offender. So yeah, I can see that becoming a thing. I can, but if the Canadians find a way to, like you say, uh, satisfy the victim in this yeah. first and foremost, yeah. and they have to do that. First. They can, they have to, yes, they have to do that first, Yeah, but they can't pull her into the spotlight. They need no. to, they need to, just take care of this 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 young woman, and and do it within the organization, and not have to bring in press, not have to bring in this, not have to bring in that. So we don't want to relive that again and again and again. Exactly, and she's in a small town. Everybody knows what happened, and more than likely, half that town has seen the damn picture. Which you can't unring the bell, so. I don't know what they would have to do to satisfy the victim in this, but the best way to find out is to contact her and find out through her legal team, see what the hell they need to do. Once she tells them what she feels is enough, then they've done what they needed to do. But um, yeah, so, so Lorac, I mean, everything he said, uh, I cannot say I disagree with, uh, you know, he goes on through what, uh, what PR strategy the Canadians are going to follow. 
can't argue any of it, but he, um, he kind of craps all over Logan Mayu. And while Mayu is deserving of the, uh, of the criticism, we have to be careful who we, who we crap on, especially when we're keeping company with certain types who have done much worse. Yeah. So you, you lose your, in this case, because of his connection to Adonis Stevenson, who was a convicted pimp who, who pimped out underage women. And it's something he did in his youth and has had to rework his image and find his way back, get a second chance, which is what everyone's supposed to have the opportunity to do. If you're going to be friends with that type of person, you cannot really be overly critical. Like I'm friends, I'm friends with people who have committed crimes. Thankfully, none have committed sexual crimes as Mayut has. So I'm, I'm trying to be very judicious in how critical I am of the young man, considering some of my friends have had second chances given to them. So, I mean, what more can we say? I think we're just going to have to see where the ball drops, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. See, see how the organization, um, see how the organization um, proceeds. Yeah. And hopefully we see action on it soon. I would, I would assume that they're going to keep it, uh, keep everything quiet for a little while, let things settle a bit. Yeah. Because they don't want because there's a lot of heat on this right now. So they're gonna want people to start focusing on the actual hockey. Yep. My guess is sometime probably after the OHL begins play, they'll have something out there. And they're gonna do it in conjunction with the London Knights, his uh his OHL team. Yep. So I, I'd expect to hear something about how the victim was satisfied with the the actions of the team at some point i don't know october yeah. if she's a, if, if she's satisfied with what they've done that's right um did you well i think we've pretty much covered everything with the canadians at this point uh we could talk about betting in the league i mean evander kane's issues have come up but i think we can keep that for another episode yeah i think so so do you have any final thoughts? Uh, the only thing I want to bring up was uh, Craig Button uh, brought up the fact that he believes that uh, Caden Gooley is the, uh, is the front runner or could be the front runner to be the team captain for the world juniors uh, this, this, uh, this upcoming, uh, this upcoming tournament. And I completely agree. I think he's going to definitely be part of the leadership group, if not where the C and he, uh, he, uh, he kind of compared what Weber was doing during the playoffs playing through injuries and this, the, this, the character of him and the leadership style that it's a, it's someone that he wants to emulate. Yeah. I could totally see Gooley being um, their top defenseman as well. Yeah. Someone who's going to eat a ton of minutes. He's not going to put up a lot of points. He might put up three, four points in a tournament, but he's a guy who's going to play 25 to 30 minutes a game yeah. and shut down the other top opposition, provide good transition and I mean, 
if he can do that at that level already, I think the Canadians have a gem. In. They do. They do. So let's hope he does. Let's hope he does, you know, um, get that captaincy. And he, I, I, I know in the same piece, they, they spoke to Caden Gooley and he talked about how losing in the gold medal game is still front and center in their minds. So I, I'm looking forward to the World Juniors this year to see what kind Absolutely. of lineup we put together. Because you know we got to take that gold medal back from the Americans. Yeah. Because screw yeah. you, America. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> I heard it here first. <laughs> We're going to take it. That's right. Um, all right. So I think that pretty much that pretty much does it for this episode. We covered quite a bit. Yeah, I want to apologize to all our listeners with my uh, with my technical issues that I've had. <laughs> this is not a great computer. I'm out in the woods. <laughs> I want to apologize. I've done what I can. They, I want to apologize because every time you got shut down, I had to vamp, and they had to listen to me instead of you. <laughs> At least it wasn't Drake. <laughs> Valid point. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and we want to apologize to our listeners for having Treg on every other episode, but not this one. Yeah. This one worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So I think that does it. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, all our new listeners who are stepping in and providing input, uh, please keep it coming. We, we appreciate everything you guys sent to us. Uh, all your comments, your emails. Um, we're going to try and do a mailbag here sometime soon so that uh, we can get your voices heard. So um, yeah, I think that does it. And uh, remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.